0: Welcome, 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 239, Uncensored Everything, Southwest Florida and beyond. And we have a great guest, a great guest. I, I just found out about Betsy and her. This is Betsy Opit, right? Yes. I just want to make sure we get everything good. The one and, and, only. and yeah, the one and only. And you know, you you have been around Naples for a while, right? Yes. But Betsy is fantastic. She is here in the studio, and we're gonna do a podcast, but I think down the road, maybe a little bit more with Betsy. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be kind of cool. So um, that's pretty neat. What do you think about the studio? Do you this like it? The
1: studio is amazing. When I walked in here, I was so impressed with what you've put together, the professionalism, the sound quality. It's like I'm excited to do Bloom with Betsy here for some future episodes.
0: Yeah, no, that's going to be great. And we're, we're glad to have you. And and just thank you. are like right across the street. So it, it kind of makes it really, really nice. Yeah. So, and you are a registered dietitian. Mm-hmm. And you're also you're you do a lot of diabetes education, so you're an educator for diabetes, right? And a cool thing is like you're a yoga instructor.
1: Lots of little layers to what I do. So
0: yeah, and the cool thing is I've done yoga a couple times, and Mm -hmm. I did the hot yoga.
1: Ooh, the best. And I was like, (laughs) I was, I was, yeah,
0: (laughs) I was lay, I was laying there afterwards, and I'm like, I think, I think this is what it feels like when you die, and there's a wake. (laughs) (laughs) because I'm sitting there and I'm soaking wet, but it was like a feeling that was really cool.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's actually how I fell into yoga was I walked into the hot yoga studio here in Naples that had just opened. She'd only been open a week. And so I was in that class. I walked out feeling so amazing. I felt like I'd run a marathon, but I actually felt calm and peaceful. I mean, yeah, you sweat a lot. You push your body to the edge, but I love that kind of adrenaline rush I got. And then I've been practicing yoga for about 15 years since then, and now have opened my own studio. And I I practice a little different yoga. It's outside. So in in summertime, it is hot yoga. <laughs>
0: yeah, no kidding. But
1: this time of year, it's bliss because we're practicing outside. Yeah, but.
0: so I, I felt that calm, but I had to pinch myself to make sure that I was <laughs> like, "Am alive? I alive? <laughs> Am I still alive?" But no, it was great. It's yeah. great. It's something that I was wanted to do, and I and I think I'm going to do it again at some point. But it's 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 pretty cool. <sighs> so I mean, I know you've done a lot of things. Can you fill us in a little bit of some of the stuff and how you got to where you are? Here? Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, my interest in nutrition actually began when I was around 13, 14 years old. I was an athlete. I was a gymnast, a circus performer, diving. I was always moving, and I knew my body needed to fuel appropriately. So I started, you know, researching and getting any information I could get my hands on as a teenager. Which sounds bizarre um, that the, a teenager would be so focused on nutrition, but I followed that path and that calling for me. I went to college to be a registered dietitian. I moved down here to Southwest Florida around 17 years ago to work at the Cleveland Clinic. I was the diabetic educator there, and that's how I got into the diabetes education role. But I was really frustrated with uh, what I call the sick care system, and I really felt that there was such a proactive way of preventing diseases, and that really wasn't the topic of discussion when you're in a hospital setting because you're just there for the acute care and just treating the, the illness as it is at that moment. So I stepped away from that system and moved into my own consulting practice. And that's what I've been doing ever since. And it's really focused on mindful living, healthy lifestyles for longevity living. So I'm really looking at the the bigger picture because I'm not just looking at what you're putting in your food. I'm looking at how are you moving your body? How are reducing inflammation, treating all of the systems in the body as a whole, and also incorporating because of my yoga background and my mindfulness training the mindfulness aspect of our overall health and well-being and the the knowledge that thoughts become things. So even the things we think can actually become issues in our tissues. So by clearing out that negative energy and really putting a positive spin on your life, your focus, your stress levels, you know, all of that and looking at a, a mindful approach to it, it changes the landscape completely in regards to creating your body's ability to heal and be resilient against diseases.
0: So there's more than just the Tim Jurette. I'm going to eat a salad today to so this whole more, diet, right?
1: So much more than <laughs> calories in versus calories out, Are good food, bad food, right. and a lot of people get caught in the shame game yeah. with what they eat. That's me. Yeah, and so then they feel guilty, and then that guilt is that negative energy, and so we got to learn to release that, and yoga, I talk a lot about letting go. When you create space by letting go of things, you create you, if you let go, you create space for more, more growth, new thoughts, new habits. And so that's what I try to really coach people is like embracing the change or something, bringing new things into your lifestyle, whether it's diet or lifestyle habits, exercise, things that you enjoy and embrace, elevate your mood, your thoughts, your attention. And so that it gravitates you towards making healthier choices because it feels good. And you see, and you're aware of that sensation of those healthier choices. So that's the kind of, instead of handing a person a diet and say, eat this, don't eat this, you know, that eat this, not that book. And, you know, that's, that puts a negative spin on things. Like don't eat this because instead of saying, you know, educating and empowering people on when you make that shift, how great you feel and focus on that positive aspect.
0: It's more of a lifestyle Lifestyle. than, yeah, exactly. Right. Instead of like, punish myself. I can eat maybe later or eat something else tomorrow, you know, punish, punish yourself today. So what's the biggest misconception about like a healthy diet? Um,
1: I think people kind of, um, kind of put themselves in this box. Like they have to eat a specific style of diet or um, these kind of limiting beliefs behind some of the old ways of people thinking about their diet. I like to educate people. It should, your diet should be more of a flexible flexitarian diet a representation of you as an individual not as this is the latest fad everyone should eat keto or you know whatever these diet fats have been in the past there's so many of them Um, that you really need to look in your own body and it's in your own body's landscapes and what your genetics are you know what your body's propensity to eat what foods fuel you like some people do really well and a little more protein based in their diet um, I don't digest protein really well. I do really well with plant-based diet. It makes me feel good. It gives me energy. And so everyone has their different terrain in their body, their different gut microbiome. So they require different types of foods and can digest different types of foods easier. So when I work with individuals, I'm covering all the little layers, you know, of that onion, like peeling it away. Okay. What's your gut health like? What's your energy levels like? What are your stress levels like? i you know, how are you digesting food? Where are you finding your most fatigue during the day? You know, are you a night owl morning bird? There's a lot of things in our natural circadian rhythm, which is interesting. A lot of us don't pay attention to our bodies. We're so caught in the the outside world of what's going right. on that we right. rarely turn inward and really say, well, how did this food make me feel? Like I ask these questions all the time. You know, I eat an, eat an apple and like 30 minutes later, I'm like, Am I feeling good? Or am I feeling hungry? Am I feeling tired? You know, how did that food really affect how I feel? And we never stop to assess our food. We inhale our food in less than 10 minutes. We barely taste it. So it's developing that actual relationship with food and understanding how the food feels you It can really help you understand what foods work best in your body.
0: Yeah, because I know like with me, I'll, I'll never associate my feeling of where I'm how I feel that day mm. with the food I ate. Yeah. But the reality is it probably has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Now, I'm sure as a dietitian, you probably make people write down what they eat and, you know, how they feel after and... I'm yeah. sure that's probably the baseline, right? It
1: is, and I have a really interesting approach to that. A lot of people, when I ask them to food journal, they'll write down at the end of the day what they're eating. And I said, no, we're going to do an intention food journal. So the night before, okay, I want you to write down what you're planning on eating. And then you just use that as a guide, and then assess your emotions or your your physical state after you eat the meal. That's when you can journal in the moment to really assess how you're feeling after eating these foods.
0: So another way you're a little bit more proactive is. When I say proactive, you're like writing it down for what you're going to be doing yeah,
1: the intention yeah, because the
0: reality yeah. is at the end of the day, you're like, I don't know if I really want to write everything down or right. something like that. Or, oh yeah. You know, oh, at least I it, would be like, I don't want to throw like, that muffin in there. Uh,
1: exactly. <laughs> so it, it already sets that positive right, landscape right. for you to follow a plan. Cause then, then you're going to say, well, should I eat that muffin because I didn't write it down. <laughs> I'm going to have to, and my dietitian's going to see it. So it's right, just that kind right. of, until you train yourself to naturally to know right. and and again, it's okay if you decide to have that muff- muffin, that's that whole shame game. Just where, don't tell Betsy, no, well, <laughs> no I, see, know. I, I know what you're it, saying, though. It's the flexitarian, and you, you got to learn the balance because if you're all black and white and you, you're too restrictive, I think that backfires too. So, yeah. I like people to celebrate holidays you know, and celebrate food and tradition. And yeah, there's there's a lot of foods out there that aren't so healthy, but if you eat them on the minimum and, in the, you know, the major majority of your diet is more abundant in the nourishing foods, then it's not going to harm you in the long term.
0: No, and I think people like myself appreciate that thought. Oh. You know, I like that because there is a day where you're like, all right, I'm going to eat chicken. Sure. All right, you know, I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to eat them, okay? So, but if you just totally just don't do it yeah. I think you really feel like uh, kind of like punishing you yourself. Do. Yeah, 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 you do. yeah. So, what are some of the uh, favorite foods to eat, and which ones would you refuse to eat?
1: Okay, um, well, for me personally, I I eat with function and purpose. I mean, I do eat for pleasure too. I mean, I do. Right. I do splurge. Right. I'm a human being too. Right. Like you I, are. I love cookies. They're, they're yeah, my guilty. Why well, did
0: the cookie diet? I don't yeah. know if you ever remember that. There's like a, they made yeah. these, they made these special cookies, and they were supposed to be like not really sugary, but they had like all these grains in them and stuff. Yeah. And if you ate like four of them in the morning and four of them in the afternoon, you're supposed to like lose 25 pounds. So I started the cookie diet Did at one work? time. No, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things like, how can I eat another cookie? You know, it's like well, like you, like, like you said. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so really Yeah, so not to cut you off, but your favorite yeah, foods. So, and
1: so like w- I said, for the majority of time, 80 to 90%, I like to eat for function. And so I'm big into superfoods and functional foods. And what those foods represent, they're foods that have... Additional nutrients be be beyond just your basic nutrition. So example, you know, it's a little more of a healing food. So for example, I like to add bitters into my diet. People think, what are bitters? You know, like dandelion and watercress and arugula, because that helps support the digest or the liver and the gallbladder to work to help with digestion. I love chia seeds. Like chia seeds are one of my favorite superfoods. You know, two tablespoons a day has as much calcium as a glass of milk, has no as much fiber as five slices of bread, has as much omega 3 as three ounces of salmon. So it's like you can eat these small quantities of foods, but they're extremely nourishing in your body. So like I grow my own alfalfa sprouts. I grow my own broccoli sprouts right in my window seal at no home. Kidding. It's just easily just add a little tiny bit to your foods and. You can maximize nutrients in small little ways. So, yeah.
0: what are some foods that you would refuse to eat? Absolutely.
1: Uh, you know what? The biggest ones, just knowing my body and being more mindful. Like, I love sugar, but when I eat sugar, it's a huge trigger for me. Like, like what does it do? I go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bouncing off the wall. That's what's wrong with
0: me. Yeah. No,
1: it's just I, the more I eat, the more I crave, you know, and you get the blood sugar drops and I just feel crappy.
0: You've been conscious of your diet for such a long time. Mm-hmm. So I think when you go without or you, you mindful of what you eat and then when you overload it, yeah. it probably goes because, haywire.
1: Yeah. Your whole system's like, Whoa. What yeah, is this? Yeah, so yeah. that would be one. And just because it's, it's pro-inflammatory and with everyone and all the disease states out there right now we really need to watch our inflammation and a lot of it comes from food triggers like gluten's a big one could be a food trigger food you know a lot of food people are experiencing food sensitivities i've done my own gut healing so i can be more resilient so i'm not having such issues with different foods but the problem in the food industry right now is so much of its process yeah it's made by man yeah. not by nature yeah. and so when i'm at the store i'm really trying to shop the the perimeter. I'm staying away from a lot of the processed foods. But the biggest one that people are just missing on the labels, because everyone's just looking at the nutrition ingredient or the nutrition label, like how many calories, how many right. protein, and you, they're missing the boat. Like you need to go down to the ingredients. You need to see where they're sourced, what they are, like how altered these foods are. Most of them are edible material, is what I call it. yeah Like you could put a Twinkie on the shelf, it'll sit there for 11 years and ants won't even touch it. That's what I heard. Like that's how processed it is. So, yeah. So I, I, really caution people about the oils, like sunflower, safflower, canola oil, um, even grapeseed oil. These are more inflammatory oils and everything in our food industry is cooked with them because they're so cheap. And they offer a longer shelf life and a lot of companies can't use trans fats anymore because that's kind of been shamed so they turn back to these really cheap oils which is extremely inflammatory and they're an omega 6 form of oil so it's throwing everyone's omegas off so I really am strict with the the healthy oils at home so I use avocado oil or coconut oil for any high high temperature cooking and olive oil only for cold temperature or something that's not cooked over 350 degrees because you don't want to stress the oils because then it then Denatures them and makes them an oxidative stressor to your body.
0: So, wow, so a yeah, lot to think about. The
1: sugars and the oils. Yeah, like those that's, are. That's too
0: a, big. Let me ask you this. Um, you know, thinking about this, but I remember when they, and I think that's kind of when diabetes really started cranking. But I remember like 7-Eleven, like the big gulps. Oh I mean, God. people are going in, and and I'm not really for the whole thing in New York about soda sizes, yeah. right? If you want to drink a soda that's huge, go for it. But I remember that people are going up and they're filling these huge big gulps and it's like straight sugar, right? It
1: is. And I've done some diabetes education classes where I'll just bring a can of Coke. A can of Coke has 10 spoonfuls of sugar. Whoa. And then I would bring that big gulp and I would take a bowl and I would just go, how many spoons do you think is in here? And they'll be like, oh, maybe there's 12. I'm like, no, it's like <laughs> you
0: know, 30. It, it was
1: unreal how much sugar. I mean, it really is how much sugar. And they let you refill is. them for free. Yeah, but the biggest <laughs> thing, this is another thing when you talk about food you won't eat High fructose corn syrup, hands down, will not even put it in my body because that's going to stress your liver. The number one fastest growing disease right now is fatty liver disease and nobody knows about it. Because doctors are are not really diagnosing or looking deep into the liver and really seeing how it's being burdened by not just our foods, but our toxins, our emotions, everything really is stagnating this liver and that filters down into all of our organs. I mean, the liver is what helps us clean out the toxins in our body. So when the liver is not functioning, then it's storing in our tissue and it's storing in our fat. And when your fat gets all these toxins, it doesn't release it. So that's why people have trouble sometimes losing weight is because their body's actually trying to protect itself. Because when you lose weight, all these toxins will flood into your body and then you get this like Herxheimer reaction and feel sick. Mm -hmm. So, or the body just won't lose weight and then you got to kind of scratch your head. Like, why are you so toxic? Maybe we need to look at your liver, your diet, your environment, maybe your amalgam fillings, like where are all these toxins harboring in your diet or your... Your yeah. Body,
0: so. yeah. And you don't think about all that stuff. The one thing I, you know, being in law enforcement for 31 years, right. So you're driving around, it's like eight o'clock at night. And you're like getting hungry. You yeah. didn't have a chance to eat dinner. Where do you go? <laughs> I mean, how do you get like some food? I mean, and, and you think about it, like all these fast foods, it's, it's yeah. probably the most reasonable price, but it's probably right. the worst for you. Yeah. But wh- wh- give me a suggestion of how you
1: survive that. Yeah, I used to travel a lot. Um, so I was on airplanes and airports and all that. And sometimes you fly in late and you're like, where do I go? Um, I would rather just fast. Honestly. But you're have got you able to do that. Yeah, right? I'm able to do that. But, yeah. but honestly, I mean, in a real perspective, um, you know, if you go to a, restu- a fast food restaurant, they do have salads. I right. don't know the quality of worst them. Case but scenario, worst scenario, right? case scenario, right? Worst case scenario, you could do a salad. But honestly, all the Walmarts are open 24-7 and they have salads, like pre-made salads there. You can get the hum and the veggies, you could grab. I mean, at, you know, probably your best choice is just a sandwich, like a right. lunch meat sandwich, as opposed to going and getting fries, burgers, tacos, and things like that at a fast food restaurant. Right. So Right. I'm I'm pretty with, impressed with what quick things you can get there that have some. Yeah,
0: healthy. you just got to get out of the car. You, you know, people want to go drive through, oh, right? True.
1: Yeah, I know <laughs> I have to go around Walmart. But, but you
0: know what? I think a lot of people like swing through like McDonald's with their carload of kids, and. You know, me included, right? So you go through there because it's like you can get something quick and shovel it down, and, you know, you're good for 20 right. minutes. Right, <laughs> so, right. Yeah, you know, you know it's it's yeah. obviously not bad. So now we talked about this. I have been prompted with a couple good questions here, but I've heard that, um, you know, your gut and brain have a connection. Oh, yeah. So, you know, your gut is like your second brain, as you, mm-hmm. as you told me that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what do I need to know about that connection? I mean, doesn't seem... Like it could be possible, but it's your body.
1: Yeah, nobody really thinks about their gut. No one's like, oh, thank you gut for all you do today. But hey, 80% of your immune system is in your gut and your gut is actually acting as a second brain. It's the bacteria that communicate through the vagus nerve up to the brain and signal our mood, like how happy we are During the day could be a result of what we were eating or what kind of gut microbiome we we have inside. So there's more bacteria in our gut than there are in our whole body than there are actual human cells. So our body is run by bacteria. It's on our skin. You know, a lot of people get these antiseptics and they're cleaning their hands, where they're killing their actual natural, healthy microbiome. Right. And these microbiome in our gut actually are part of our immune system. And just one meal out at a fast food restaurant within four hours, you have dysbiosis in your gut because it's it's destroying that ecosystem. Now, granted, our gut bacteria can repopulate pretty quickly, so it can recover from that. But just think if you're eating foods like that a couple times a day or day in and day out, you're creating this constant dysbiosis in your gut so it can really throw off that really delicate environment. And I always say it's like a rainforest. You know, we have all sorts of animals and trees and plants and they all kind of create this balance in the rainforest. But let's say the alligators overpopulate and it throws the whole system off. Right. Well, that's what can happen in our systems. And so if you feed the wrong bacteria, like the ones that are um, kind of the ones that are more inflammatory bacteria, if you're feeding them sugar and uh, high fructose corn syrup and, you know, all these foods that aren't filling, they don't have fiber, then they grow. And that's when you end up with things like candida. That's when you end up with C. diff and E. coli It's just because the terrain has been thrown off. But if you're feeding all the good guys, all that fibrous plant foods, like the fruits and the vegetables and the beans and legumes, they love that. So they become more abundant and they crowd out the bad guys. And so so in my area of practice, I'm an integrative and functional nutrition specialist. So this is like where I love to work because this is really the cutting edge of health and being preventative is making sure you're nourishing the right microbiome. So again, once in a while you can throw your diet off. You know, we have the holidays coming up, so yeah, you have some pumpkin yeah. pie or whatnot. Which is, you know, one incident, one off, you know, things like that aren't going to throw off the main terrain if you're keeping the majority of your gut healthy. But if you're noticing you're having a lot of gas, bloating, diarrhea, you're feeling very tired and fatigued, it could be because the wrong bacteria is there because some of the healthy bacteria actually produce vitamins and minerals for our body. So a lot of us are becoming deficient in nutrients, not because we're not eating them, it's because we have the wrong bacteria that aren't producing them. So I'm seeing a lot of people deficient. I do micronutrient testing all the time. There's only one. Yeah, person. I was going to ask
0: you, can you like test? Can you, you can, test and okay. I test all myself right.
1: personally once a year. And I, I would say 99% of the people who come in to test with me are deficient. I've only had one woman come in that was like had perfect. I'm like, wow, wow. you have a beautiful diet. So yeah.
0: And did she tell you that she had a beautiful diet before? No. Did you she's expect been working on okay. it. Yeah, okay. 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 Because like I, I'm going to be honest with you, like the normal person like me doesn't understand all that stuff Mm -hmm. right so you think like I eat an apple or I eat a chicken wing it's just it goes through you're (laughs) done you know it's out and then on to the next but like you said that balance is there so it has to be in the body's obviously Mm fine-tuned you know some fine-tuned better than others but you know but I guess the normal person just doesn't Realize that what you you are what you eat. Yeah, you know? it accumulates you over
1: it. time, and a lot of this they say plaque buildup starts in you know in the teenage years, and you know looking at the diets now of our teenagers, much much different than when we were teenagers because of the food sources they're um, have access to, all the high fructose corn syrup and all that. I mean, it's they're finding mm. plaque buildup much younger than they've ever seen before. So, and and
0: you're saying plaque in like your the arteries. Arteries, and, yeah. yeah.
1: We're seeing elevated blood sugars. We're seeing the fatty oh. liver. All of this and teenagers and early 20-year-olds. And so, you know, for some of us, it's something that accumulates over time. But, you know, some of us adults now at our age, we didn't start getting that type of accumulation until our later, maybe 20s and 30s, where these kids have been exposed to it almost like from birth. So that's why they're saying our youth is not going to outlive our adults now because they're getting sicker, younger.
0: Processed foods, all that stuff. I know this is kind of going to be a a fun question for me to ask, but what OK, so if you have some drinks, right, okay. so you have some drinks, adult beverages, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I, 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 what would be the better ones to drink?
1: I you know, what? I like getting this question because I want to empower people to understand how you put that balance of alcohol. in. now, granted, we're in southwest Florida. Yeah. You know what it's like down here? Oh, yeah. Happy hour. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Everyone, it's every single night. I mean. They
0: say the Costco wine section is like the number one place in I, the United States.
1: It wouldn't surprise In Naples, me. Florida. I, I know. I know. And I, I was we, there yesterday. we be proud of this? I don't know. I don't know. But um, but, it is what it is. But right? I want to. You know, help people understand that delicate balance. I mean, there's ways to get around that with social studies. I know a lot. There's a lot of socializing that happens in Southwest Florida, and so people feel that like they have to do it. And some people just do. They want to drink because they enjoy it, and it's just, it's kind of like this ceremony, this happy hour. They go out, they yeah. talk, they relax, and which is fine. So this is what I want to educate people watch out for the sugary drinks. Okay. The ones loaded with the sugar, they're using juices that have high fructose corn syrup. So not only are you taxing the liver with the alcohol, then you're adding the high fructose corn syrup sweetener on top. And that's just a
0: like your Mai Tais and your,
1: I, and those margaritas yeah. that come out like the size of your head. You seen those?
0: <laughs> like... yeah, you used to get the ones that tip the bottle in yes, them. And, you know, yes. So
1: yeah. I would caution, you know, watch the, the sugary drinks. Um, you know, with your wine, the biggest thing with wine, you want to do organic. And I know some restaurants may have that on the menu. There's Naples Natural Wine in here in town that has some beautiful organic wines. Just because out of each bottle of wine, there could be up to 87 chemicals in there. Wow! So again, not only is your liver detoxifying the alcohol, now you have all these toxins and sulfites and things that are floating around your body. So when you wake up with a headache, no wonder you're toxic. Your poor liver's been suffering at night. Um, So that would be one thing with the wine. Fine, one to two glasses. Keep it at that. But you want to drink a lot of water when you're having your alcoholic beverages. So for every drink of alcohol, you should follow by a full glass of water because you get dehydrated. My other hack is if you put electrolytes in your water, that'll help prevent a headache because it's going to help prevent the dehydration. Dehydration. Yeah. And then my third tip is so if you're going to order a drink, keep it simple. So get something like the vodka or whatever, the hard alcohol, but put it with like a Club soda or something. That's what like I drink. Lemon and lime. And then when you go home, you're going to take something like milk thistle or have milk thistle tea or dandelion or something that ha- actually helps cleanse the liver out. So there's these liver, liver. Now you do
0: that. Do you do that like when you get to the house the same night you're drinking? Yeah. Because I don't know if I could be handling <laughs> milk thistle tea after well, I've been drinking. I, mean, no, you I can know. You it you're Before saying.
1: you go out. <laughs> I mean, that's my health hack when I go out and but, socialize. Yeah. It.
0: So what you do is it cleanses.
1: It cleanses. I just help yeah. assist my body in getting it out. So if I'm going to have fun, night and go out and have some drinks i just i do self-care when i go home i'm like okay let's help my body rid of the toxins so i feel good the next day yeah
0: and one of the big drinks now i know you probably maybe heard white claws right so or something truly's or whatever right so my thought is you're drinking alcohol and you're and you're hydrating yourself probably not good right what do you think? The, they said they're 100 uh, calories.
1: I, I actually had my first one last weekend, and I had the worst headache Some people. the next day. Was it a
0: white claw you had a headache? It claw? was
1: not a white claw. They just don't make me feel good, but they, they have, like, sodium benzoate. They have all these preservatives oh, they got other in there, stuff in and there. then they, they do have some sugar in there. I don't know how much, because they, they don't have to put the ingredients on the back. That's the thing I don't oh, like really? alcohol. Okay, okay. they don't have to some some will disclose it but you'll see all these preservatives and that's why you feel sick the next day okay so i'm not so big on those i mean if you can see what's actually in it and it is simply just the alcohol with a little sparkling water then that's fine okay but it's yeah some of these other ones that are really sweet
0: yeah and i'm getting a little bit older you know i'm in my 30s now (laughs) (laughs) yes as i get a little bit older i don't like it as as sweet anyway so but it kind of works out but i was always like you know hey that's Try to and I and I guess just by looking at the calories, it doesn't really make a big deal. Well, Diet Coke has got zero calories, but that right. shit'll.
1: That's all the chemicals in out. there, yeah, yeah exactly. the aspartame and all that. Yeah, so,
0: right, exactly, exactly. Like I said,
1: it's not looking at the calories; it's looking at the ingredients. Right, so that's the true. Story. And I like that that you
0: bring that bring that up. Okay, so the holidays are coming, mm-hmm. right? Holidays yeah. are coming. Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'm going to be, I'm going to be gone. It's going to be got me in Nashville. Uh My daughter lives up there and she eats like you. It's crazy. (laughs) I go looking for snacks in her refrigerator and I'm like, what is this? It's like, yeah. if if I got carrot sticks, I'm happy. They got some green stuff that I don't know what it is. (laughs) These little chips that don't taste like anything. You know, it's, it's, we, we laugh, but she's, she's awesome. and, And you guys would be great. But, um, how do you prevent gaining a bunch of weight? During the holidays.
1: Yep. So I as I mentioned it's that 8020 rule. So uh, to put things in perspective, it's really not what happens between Thanksgiving and the New Year's. It's what happens between the New Year's and Thanksgiving bigger picture, okay? Right, right. But when we're dealing with these holidays, think of them as one-offs. You know, Thanksgiving one day. It's where you get in trouble is where Thanksgiving lasts four days in a row. You know, you're eating pumpkin pie every day for four days and you're doing all the holiday celebrations. So that's where you have to just be mindful, maybe practice a little portion control, Um, you know, maybe do a little bartering. Like if I'm going to have the pumpkin pie, then maybe I shouldn't have the mashed potatoes or do some... Uh, hacking I guess so make cauliflower mashed potatoes instead of real mashed potatoes and crustless pumpkin pies you know there's some ways you can skirt around right. some extra calories right but I, I tell people how about
0: exercise a little bit well, while you're doing it.
1: You, you could exercise you, know, like little walk, right? little you could walk. do a little fasting. I mean there's some definite health hacks you can do but the biggest thing I want people to take away from the holidays is one enjoy the holidays. That's what they are their tradition their celebration don't shame yourself and get, get uh, and have guilt over what you ate. If you're mindful about how you handle the portions and how often you're eating those leftovers or even the candy that's left over from the holidays, you kind of go from Halloween to Thanksgiving to Christmas into New Year's, you know, just watching where are those Extra little calories come in because sometimes during the holidays, you just you, it's around, you know, the cookies are there, the candy's there. What's the one cookie? What's one? What's right. one cookie? Right. But when you look <laughs> in the landscape of the whole week, how many of those cookies did you eat? Like yeah. that's bigger picture thinking. And that's really where you kind of have to think.
0: And if I, I take a little sliver of the pumpkin pie and I just pile up whipped cream all the way, as yeah, can. Right.
1: no big deal. No, right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. It's <Yeah>. light. Right. <laughs> no, that's good. But yeah, so that's that, those are some of the things that, that I catch myself in. So I think you're right though, from New Year's to Thanksgiving is a time we really need to be working on things, not so much during the holidays because, yeah. you know, take your, but I think, I think my biggest problem is I don't just eat on Thanksgiving. I extend it for a week or as long as there's food in the refrigerator yeah. and I like, I like the leftovers for yeah. Thanksgiving. It's yeah. good. You know, it's well, good. I
1: think people don't exercise as much either and it's right. stressful and right. I think people deal with a lot of stress and that can have a lot to do with weight management during the holidays too. So, you know, getting outside, doing more exercise, doing more mindful like yoga and meditation or things that really bring your stress level down because you will not lose weight when you're in a sympathetic fight or flight. Your body just won't release the weight. So if you're stressed during the holidays and then you're eating extra calories and not exercising, it's just kind of a recipe for weight gain. So yeah. if you're kind of looking at that whole lifestyle thing and addressing everything, like even sleep quality, then that makes a whole difference in how you can manage through the holidays. That's all
0: good points. What do you think about like New Year's resolutions and detoxing and things like that? Like, okay, so I'm going to eat like heck. And then come New Year's, I'm back at it right. for a week.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's good for people to set goals, but realistic goals and have realistic intentions on on what they're doing for their resolutions. It's interesting as a dietitian, January is always my busiest month. You know, everyone's coming in wanting to detox and you know, they have all these intentions for weight loss. And then it's by February, March, I'm like, where did they go? They made it to <laughs> March, that's you good. Know? Yeah, they made it to March, right. Um, but, you know, I like to work with people and understanding... Our bodies do need to kind of go through a natural, I don't wanna say detox, but cleansing or shifting. I think every season we should shift our diet slightly. So, okay. you know, kind of look at different foods that kind of have more cleansing properties in that time of year. Because in America, food's abundant all the time, 24-7. Even fruit that's not in season for the particular region, you can get. And I think it's good to cycle through our diet, cycle through our exercise. Our body needs changes and so many of us are very habitual we eat the same foods over and over we do the same type of exercise routine it's kind of like that definition insanity doing the same thing over and over expecting a different result to change yeah Yeah. so sometimes when people go into something like this cleanse it, it does give them a shift in their body but then they fall off and not realize that you kind of always have to go through that shift like it's not just January, we should do a little shift in our diet. Maybe once spring comes, we should do a little spring cleaning of our diet. When fall comes, I like say, fall into fabulous, like change right. your diet again. And then when the winter comes, you know, that's usually in the winter we're kind of hunkering down. We don't need as many calories, but people tend to eat more calories during that time. So, you know, yeah, plus
0: it changes it. things up, you know, the taste but, and yeah. Yeah, you, know.
1: you don't want to be in a food rush. Same thing. Yeah. So, all the changing time. it up. Yeah. It's, and it's fresh for your body too when you're changing up your your palate.
0: Yeah. Is there anything you have to be cautious for when you do the detox and stuff like that? Because I know a lot of people, they'll sell stuff at these stores and next thing you know, they're people dehydrate.
1: Fabulous question. I tell people, if you're going to fast or detox, you really want to be evaluated by someone who knows what they're doing, taking you through a fast or a detox because you can get yourself into some really nasty trouble because once those fat cells release those toxins, they're, they're in your body. And if, let's say, amalgam fillings, you get some of that mercury, it likes to store up in the brain. You get these things called this Herxheimer reaction and you could get these skin lesions, you could get breakouts, pimples, oh goodness. stomach might be upset. I mean, you can really feel sick. Um, so you want to be guided through it properly so they know the right types of binders or you know how to what types of foods or how aggressive you should be on a cleanse or a fast.
0: Yeah. So seek some guidance yes. from the proper people always, always. because you know, your best buddy is always yeah. trying to put you on some sort of right. diet at lunch. Oh, I'm doing this. I'm, you know, fasting yeah. or whatever. And you know, you, you, the, the intentions are good, but <laughs> don't wanna, right. I mean, my daughter's like, dad, you need to do this. And I'm like, well, okay, tell me how it works. We, we talk about it. We laugh, but you know, she, she checks out that. So what are, what's like the best health hack that you know of or that you have learned? Uh.
1: There's a lot I do. I mean, there's so many gadgets and devices out now, like the continuous gu- glucose monitor is really cool because you can see your glucose in real time. So as soon as you eat is something. Your, yeah, that like uh, on well, your apple no board, it's, No, a little they, bit more than that? They're working on that. Okay, so. So it's something you attach to yeah, your arm or your hip yeah. and then you can see it on your you device. It. And so a lot of people who are insulin dependent will have one. Yeah. Um, but it's really just fascinating because it will show you because they're not everyone's the same. So you could eat an apple and it might bu- bump your blood glucose 15 and might bump mine like 30. So oh. it just kind of shows you how your body's reacting to food. So that's kind of a cool one if you're metabolically sensitive and you really want to hone in on your diet. Um, I like doing things like Castor oil packs—it's good for the liver. Um, I do a lot of like herbal detox tea. I I cook with herbs all the time. Like raw herbs are going on my salads. Just getting some of those functional foods in because those help detox, you know, all different types of organs in the body. Um, but my favorite one is just intermittent fasting. It's okay. simple. It's okay. free. Everyone can do it. I think everyone should fast at least 12 hours a day. I mean, don't be late night eating. That's like the worst thing. To
0: Tell do. me how exactly the schedule you yeah. have. How so, does it work? So
1: um, I, like I like to eat kind of early. So a 12-hour fast is easy. If you're done eating by 7, then you just fast till 7 in the morning. Everyone should be able to do that. But trust me, I work with people. They're like up eating late night or they get up <laughs> first thing in the morning and snack. <laughs> are you one of those late night dinner? Well, no, I'll,
0: like, I'll oh. get up like around 11. I, I, I don't sleep a lot, okay. which I should. And I'll, like, what's in the what's in the snacks?
1: Ah, you're waking up at lot. I've been behaving. That's your gallbladder. You know, our organs have a circadian rhythm. They have mm. different healing times. I'm in trouble the with night. you. If you wake up in the night between 2 and 4, that's your liver?
0: Yeah, not too much of
1: that. No? Okay. No. Like Once down. I go
0: to sleep, I'm good. But, I like, I just, like, when I, mm-hmm. I guess at the end of the day, I like to just wind down. Mm-hmm. I'll turn on TV. And then, like, I'm, like, oh, I'm a little bit hungry. And then I'll go in, you know, with good intention to yeah. eat something healthy. But, you know, just it's not there. So then
1: you eat late night, you lay down and sleep, you're just storing all those <laughs> right, calories right, and carbohydrates. Right, right, so you got to be careful because that will disrupt your healing process at night if your yeah. body's too busy digesting. So yeah, I think fasting's good. And, and there's so many different categories of things that you can heal in your body at different states of how long you fast. But every year I try to do like one big cleanse, like a three-day water fast. And then each month I try to do at least one twenty four. Can you do like,
0: like three days with just water?
1: Yeah, I actually did four. My oh, very first oh. time I did a water fast. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to make it through day one. And I made it through day one. It was tough, but I did it. And then day two, I was like, oh, this isn't so bad. I'm starting to get a lot of energy. Like I'm not eating, but I have energy. Like that's weird. Day three, I I couldn't stop bouncing off the wall. I had so much energy. And then day four, I finally broke it. I probably would have gone another day, but I'm I'm small and thin. I was losing weight. I'm like, eh, that I got to stop. I did my enough cleansing, you know. And right. So I, right. I broke the fat. Now, how much
0: water do you have to drink during those times? And I, and again, I know you're not. You, you want to have people talk to somebody. Yeah, it's just...
1: different for everyone. I mean, the most important thing that is a very clean, purified water. You want to make sure it's okay. not got toxins in it because okay. you don't want to add more toxins in your body as you're trying to detox. And that makes you sense. You got to have enough electrolytes on board when you're when you're doing a water fast. But I mean, for my body size. I, about 60 ounces of water was money okay. for me
0: okay what's the one message from this discussion and we're hoping to have many more but yeah. what's one thing you'd like a takeaway yeah. from the discussion we have
1: i think the biggest thing when it comes to your health is it's a journey you know enjoy it and really embrace your body because we only have one body in life so you got to take care of it and like everything you put in your body how you treat your body and respect your body it's It's all part of your health. And I don't think enough people do that and and really stop to pay attention to the choices they make with not just their food, but anything, you know, their thoughts, you know, their actions, how they treat other people. And a lot of that's a reflection of how we feel about ourselves inward. So I I want people to understand it's a journey and just to have fun with your health, like not look at it as like, oh, I have to follow a diet or doctors said I have this disease and it's like the end of the world that no, the body is resilient. It's meant to heal. And you just, we're not born with a guidebook on what to eat and how to to self-care our body. And so it's just kind of that learning process. And it's nice to have someone hold your hand through the process, someone who's you know, know, knows and understands the body and can guide you and really read your body and see what you need. And then once you have that guidance and that support and that encouragement, it makes it a lot more fun to go through that health journey. So you're worth the investment, all of you, worth the investment. So invest in your health; it will be the most important investment you ever make.
0: Oh, that's unbelievable! So Betsy Opit, and then how, what's a good way we, if we wanted to, get a hold of you, or maybe look at your website or yeah, get my, some information my about my
1: website it. is Healthy Concepts. With an S, consulting.com okay. and my yoga studio is yoga and the number four elements.com I'm on Instagram Facebook <laughs> so I'm and soon bloom TVs so. oh that's
0: gonna be good yeah. and then we'll we'll put all those links also in the show notes okay. so for this podcast but hey it's been great awesome. thank you so I love much. it and then just so much information it's a lot. It is. But it's good. It is. It's well, good.
1: hopefully you learned some health hacks. I did.
0: I'm like, I'm, I'm, already like I'm, I'm already feeling like, what do we got to do now?
1: I got to go eat a salad now. Like, to go like, eat a salad, yeah.
0: All right, all right. 239 Unsensitive in Southwest Florida and beyond. And usually when we do it, we go, we are out. So 239 Unsensitive in Southwest Florida and beyond. And we are out. Please make sure to download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Don't forget to like and share on social media. This has been a Studio 239 production. That was fun.